grace be unto you in peace, peace from God our Father and, and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ, amen. Have you ever been asked or invited to do something and you thought to yourself, how, how can I do that? For example, maybe you had to stay up all night with a sick child and in the morning work called and said they wanted you to work a double shift that day and when you consider how tired you are you probably wondered how am I going to do that or maybe someone's invited you to join them in running a marathon and you know that you run out of breath just going up and down the steps you might wonder how am I ever going to do that or, or maybe you had a, a knee replacement operation and it was painful and the rehab long and tiring and you know that you have to have the other knee replaced and you might wonder fearfully how am I going to do that? There are times in life when we are faced with a situation and we wonder how am I going to do that? Well this morning I'm going to be preaching on the gospel lesson. Did you notice how long that was? Did you notice how much law there was? And so when I began working on the sermon, I thought to myself, how am I going to do this? And in less than 20 minutes? Well, that became the theme for my sermon. Because as Jesus unfolds in these verses before us, a fuller explanation of what God's law demands of us, both on the outside and the inside, it would leave all of us asking, how are we going to do this? This is part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And those who were listening were believers. And they wanted to learn from Jesus what it took to follow him as his redeemed. And as they were sitting there, Jesus unfolded for them the meaning of the law for our hearts, not just our actions. And then, after he gets done explaining some of this, he kind of introduces this whole section with an astounding statement. He said to those sitting in front of him, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Can you imagine how that must have crushed those who were sitting there and listening to that? I mean, if the religious leaders were not holy enough to enter heaven, what chance did they have? And what was wrong with the righteousness of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law that left them outside the kingdom of heaven? Well, the God who sees everything was able to look beyond their outward obedience. God was looking right into their hearts and what Jesus is explaining to them and to us today, that God not only demands in his law perfect obedience on the outside, he also demands perfect attitudes on the inside. So he goes on. He says, maybe you have never choked the life out of somebody with your own hands. But if you become angry with someone or hate someone in your heart, you're guilty of murder too. 
And then he says, if you're not willing to make things up and make things right with someone with whom you're on the outs, well, then you're on the outs with God too. And then he says, maybe you've never cheated on your spouse, but if you, you have lustful thoughts in your heart, you're guilty of adultery too. And then he goes on and says, uh, maybe, maybe uh, you were able to cross all the T's and dot all the I's in the divorce papers so that it all becomes legal, but if you didn't, don't have scriptural grounds for that, you've desecrated the institution of marriage too. And then he says, maybe, maybe you've never called upon God to be your witness and then covered up your lie with his name, but if you take oaths using God's name in insignificant matters in life, cross my heart and hope to die, you're guilty of misusing God's name too. So clearly Jesus is telling us in these words that when it comes to our obedience to the law, when it comes to our righteousness for heaven, God's not just concerned with the outward obedience, he's also concerned about the obedience, the attitude of the heart. And then he makes an incredible statement in this, in this whole message too. He says, you know, if, if any part of your body causes you to sin, cut it off. Throw it out. It'd be a whole lot better going to heaven with some part of your body missing than go to hell with your entire body. Now I know it's not the main point. The point that Jesus is getting at is get rid of anything that stands in your way of getting heaven. But just stop and think about it if we took it literally. If we had to cut off every part of our body that is guilty of sin, what part, what kind of body would we have? Our entire being is corrupted by sin and guilty of sin. And so explaining all of this, we go back to Jesus' words, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And that leaves us wondering, well, how am I going to do that? By these words, Jesus wants to come to the realization that if our salvation depended upon our righteousness, we're lost. And only when you come to that realization, then you will come to the realization that if I'm going to get to heaven, I need someone's, someone else's righteousness. I need a righteousness apart from me. Dear friends, you know who provides that. It's none other than Jesus himself. You see, in this entire reading, there really is no gospel at all. The only gospel in this reading is the one who spoke the words. And we ask, well then how did Jesus provide the righteousness that we need to get into heaven? And you know that answer too. You know that the Son of God became the Son of Man through the virgin birth, and then Jesus lived the perfect life for us. The writer to the Hebrews said that Jesus, the God-man, was tempted in every way that we are, yet without sin. Think of that. Are you tempted to hate or to be angry? Jesus faced that temptation too. Have you ever been tempted? With lust in your heart? Jesus was tempted with that too. Have you ever been tempted to hold a grudge and, 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 and not settle things? 
Jesus faced that temptation too. And then the temptation to desecrate marriage somehow in supporting unscriptural divorces. Uh, Jesus was tempted by all these things, and probably more so than what we can imagine. And that's hard for us to imagine that. Jesus going through the same temptations that I go through? Yes, and much more. And it wasn't easy, because he's not only God, he's also a man. And those struggles with temptation were real spiritual battles and struggles. And they took their toll on Jesus. Because we're told that after 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness, after Satan tempted him, the angels came and they, they ministered unto him. And when he struggled with the thought of dying in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was exhausted. And the angels came and they ministered unto him. Jesus was tempted in every way that we are, including the temptations that, that Jesus explains in this sermon, and yet he never failed, not once. All that Jesus did in living a perfect life and never giving into temptation, He gives that to you. He gives that righteousness to you by faith. His perfect obedience is yours. That's the righteousness that will get you into heaven. But you know that He did more. He also suffered the punishment we deserve. You see, our sin separated us from our God. By nature and by practice, we don't deserve to be in His presence at all. And so Jesus came and He removed that barrier. He washed away all of our sins that separated us from God, both the sins on the outside and the sins on the inside. And by faith, that becomes ours by His perfect obedience and by His perfect sacrifice, we have Jesus' righteousness. And it's that righteousness that will get us into heaven. And so what should we do with this righteousness that is ours by faith in Jesus? First of all, rejoice in it. Rejoice in the fact that Jesus gives you what you need for heaven. It's the greatest news that you and I could ever hear, especially as we come to the hour of death, knowing that in His righteousness, I live forever. And then daily, daily find comfort and strength. You see, even though we as redeemed children of God don't want to commit sin and, and, and don't want to give in to those temptations, you know your heart and I know mine. We all suffer from the same heart disease. It's called sin. And more times than not, we are going to fail and we are going to give in to those temptations. And when we fail and we fall into temptation, we then fall into sin. And then sin leads to guilt and shame. And then guilt and shame leads to doubting. Will I really be saved since I'm such a sinful man or sinful woman? Well, when that happens, turn away from those temptations, turn away from that doubt, and turn to Jesus. And know that in Him, you have the righteousness that you need, and that all of our salvation depends upon Him, not on us. And thank God that it is so. And then, 
being strengthened in that good news that we have the righteousness to go to heaven, then let's take that good news and let's believe it and live it gratefully. Let's take to heart the words that Jesus speaks to us today and let's fight against the temptation of hatred and lust and fighting and misusing God's name and dishonoring the estate of holy marriage. And if we strive with God's help to fight against those temptations, think how much happier you will be and how much happier your relationships will be with your spouse and with your children and with your neighbor and with your co-worker. And how are we supposed to do all that? Do it with a grateful and believing heart in Jesus who has given you all that you need to live for him in this life and to live with him in the life to come. Amen.